0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
1: Diving beat mean, stop singer! Toss on off the first in time to get seven. We run Homer Rod!
2: Off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead
1: it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away center field. Kano and Cruz go back to back.
2: And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven, scored a innings.
3: Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill here. Nice win for the Mariners last night as they take the series over the Angels. A big weekend coming up against the Texas Rangers. So we'll dive into the win last night. We'll preview the series against Texas. And uh, let's see. Rick Ridge will sit down with Kyle Seeger. That will come up. That's a good conversation. And also, Shannon Dreyer with Ben Gamble, who just continues to play really, really well for the Mariners, stepping right into. Mitch Hanniger's role on right field, batting second, and he was great again last night, reaching base five times in the ball game. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the game last night. Mariner's looking for the series against the Angels, taking an early lead, one nothing. Nelson Cruz driving in a run. He just continues to thunder the ball everywhere. Thunder, which is perfect for the night last night. Angels, though, scored two in the second, so they have a two-to-one lead at that point, but then in the bottom of the third inning, the Mariners would really go to work. They would put three on the board. They would take the lead, and well, they really would never look back in the ball game. Leading at that point four-to-two, moving to the fourth inning, they just continue to pile on the runs.
1: The two-two pitch. Swing at a ground ball, first baseline, fair, right over the bag and down the right field line into the corner. Segura heading for third, Gamble to second, being waved in is Segura. Here he comes, a throw in, cut off, relay to the plate, not in time. Segura scores, an RBI double for Gamble and it's now the Mariners five and the Angels two.
3: Gamble with one of his many hits in the ball game. They would end up with a 6 to 2 lead after the fourth inning, and they just continue to tack on runs. One in the sixth, one in the seventh, three in the eighth. Gamble back at work.
1: Right ready, delivers, swinging a line drive, base hit in into right field beyond the reach. Amarte heading for third, rounding third. Dyson heading home, and he'll score. Up with the ball is Calhoun and right. The throw will go to second. So Ben Gamble, another hit. Another run batted in. The Mariners now lead the Angels 9-3. Two RBIs for Gamble tonight.
3: And he wasn't alone. Danny Valencia had a monster night. The
2: 1-1. Swing and it's clobbered high. Has distance. Has a ton of carry. Revere cocking his neck. Looking up. This is into the second deck. Valencia a one out second deck smash into left field. And the Mariners have taken an 8-2 lead.
3: That home run came in the seventh, picked up another base hit in the eighth.
1: Swing and a line drive into center field for a base hit. Fourth hit of the night for Danny Valencia. He is on fire, and that will drive in Ben Gamble from third, and it's now the Mariners' 11 and the Angels' 3.
3: Heredia had a nice night as well.
2: The 3-2 to Heredia. Swing a soft pop-up shadow. No man's land. Right field. Dropping, dropping. Base hit in front of Calhoun. Seager scores, here's Valencia, he crosses home plate. And Guillermo Heredia with two strikes and two outs brings home a couple of runs and has given the Mariners a 4-2 to lead on a parachute into right field.
3: So Gamo went three for three, walked twice, scored three times, drove in two runs, reached base five times in the game. Segura had a couple hits, he scored three times, he also drew a walk. Cruz had two hits, two ribbies. Seeger, two hits at RBI. Valencia, four hits, including that monster home run. He drove in three. Heredia with three hits. He had two ribbies. 16 hits in all. 11 runs on the board when it's all said and done. 11 to three. And it all came together. Miranda on the mound. He was outstanding.
2: Miranda's one two. Swing and a miss for strike three. Ariel Miranda, 100 pitches. And the century mark was a beauty. He strikes out the side here in the seventh. And Ariel Miranda, fine work here tonight from Safeco Field. He has gone seven and has allowed only two runs.
3: Seven innings, seven hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Rocky start really settled in. A great groove. All on 100 pitches. His ERA down to 3.55. He grabs the win. The Mariners grabbed the win, 11-3 over the Angels. They take the series, now 13-6 overall, 8-4 at Safeco Field. Here's the skipper after the ballgame.
4: Yeah, nice nice ball. Great job by Ariel Miranda. Yeah, I can't say enough. Obviously, he took the, the shot off the calf there early in the game, and he hung on in there. And, you know, to get through seven innings when the pitch count was up uh, after the first two was, was really nice to see. Uh, Our bullpen needed it. Um, you know, it's a big offensive night by, you know, Gamble, Valencia, you know, a lot of guys chipped in. Great to see Danny Valencia have one of those nights. We were waiting for that. Uh, he had a little smile on his face and, and feel good. He's made some nice adjustments. You've seen kind of the progression. Um, his at-bats have gone and hitting more balls hard. And, you know, we had guys on base all night. So it was a good offensive night. How, you
2: think, how did Miranda deal with that game? Look
4: like out of control? It, it did a little bit early. Um, you know, I thought his fastball command was, was better tonight as he got going. You know, the off-speed sometimes comes and goes uh, on what's working for him, but uh, the fastball command was better. Um, you know, I, you never know. You get the shot in the leg like that and, you know, how guys are going to respond, but he hung in there. Uh, really uh, like where he's at and in, in the, you know, the constant improvement he's making. I mean, he's you know, experience-wise, a little bit older guy, but experience-wise in the league, not a ton, but he's continuing to get better and, and listening, and even his English is getting better. So it's, it's all good. Yeah, Gamble, uh, he
1: seems to be stepped into that right field spot and doing everything you could want. Yeah,
4: really, really happy. Uh, you know, the quality of his at-bats have, have always been good and understanding the strike zone. You know, he has a very good track record of hitting at the minor league level and now getting a chance to do it at, at, with us here. Is, we've needed it. Uh, he certainly stepped up right in the two-hole and has been a nice guy to have in front of Robbie and cruising and Sieg's.
5: Offensively, guys able to make an adjustment after the
4: first couple of innings. Well, Myers has got very good stuff. You know, the ball's really got a lot of movement. Um, you know, he throws hard. You know, you kind of have to work and grind. You know, sometimes you can get him in favorable counts, which we did tonight. Um, so it's kind of, I was hoping we could run his pitch count up and really grind through it, and we did. Once we got going there in the third and fourth inning, put a lot of pressure on him. Um, but, you know, again, the quality of the bats were really good tonight. Yeah,
2: did you know that Miranda was kind of this competitor, though? He seems to kind of just...
4: Yeah, he, he does. Um, he likes being out there. I think that's the big thing. He looks forward to his day to pitch. Um, and, you know, the one thing he does, if it, doesn't, if it gets off to a little bit of a rocky start, he doesn't panic. You know, and some guys, they, they will panic. And he doesn't. He kind of stays with the program, and, you know, he listens to Mel and, and, uh, and Z and, and making an adjustment, and he's able to do that, which is, you know, really beneficial for him because some of his first, second innings have been a little shaky. You know, but he's hung in there.
6: Kinda got lost later on, but Freddie blooping that one into uh, right field there and driving in a couple. Yeah, big, big hit.
4: Um, you know, G's been really good. He's he has good at bats, and even when he's down in the count, he, he finds the way to you know compete. And sometimes get back into the count or make contact. That's the biggest thing. The strikeout kills you. You know, we know that, and we've got some guys, younger guys, that will compete and, and hang in there, and good things happen when you put the bat on the ball.
3: There it is. Obviously, the skipper very happy with this one as the Mariners get the win. How about Gamble? We'll hear from him a little bit more coming up in the podcast, but let's hear from him right now as well, reacting to his big night.
7: Awesome night, you know, I think for the whole lineup and, you know, Miranda pitched, pitched a heck of a game too. So.
2: It seems like you're at bats from the first time in Detroit just they get better and better. Like you're seeing the ball better, you're more comfortable. Does it feel that way at the plate? Um,
7: definitely comfortable wise. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get there. Um, just trying to look for good pitches and not chase and, you know, get my pitch and not miss it when I do get it.
5: How much of a matter is, it is you know, there any adjustments that you've made you know, since the beginning of the
7: season? Um, there's There's been some minor adjustments, you know, with Edgar and Bro, and it's basically mentality, though, I'd, I'd say more than anything. You know, I sometimes I get too passive, sometimes I get too anxious, so it's just finding that happy medium.
2: Hitting the two spots, you to, to work working well.
7: It's nice to have Kenobi behind you. There's protection, there's protection everywhere, you know, he, you got Seggy, and you got Cano and then you got Cruz. It's just it never ends. So
2: the approach though, you're willing to take pitches and see pitches. Or willing to hit with two strikes. doesn't seem to bother you. Has that always been that way? Or has that grown as you as you played? Um, I've
7: I've always had uh, pretty comfortable at bats with two strikes on me. You know, they still have to make a pitch and you know I, I still have to make a swing. So it's. I mean obviously two strikes you you know you don't want to get too anxious but you know I, I felt pretty comfortable well, I there. like. catch okay. there in the night the, the kind of cap off the night? <laughs> yeah definitely. You think
1: you had that
7: one along? Um, Yeah so I saw go up. I had a pretty good... I knew if I did dive for it it wasn't gonna you know roll to the wall so, right. so you know I just give it a shot. After Miranda gets hit.
1: You know,
6: Kind of went through my, like, Kuma went through that last
7: night. Well, I know, and that's, you know, both of them pitched and pitched well and, you know, pitched with pain, and, you know, I think that says a lot about this team in general.
3: So much happened. I forgot to mention the diving catch, too, by Gamble. He did it all in the ball game last night.
1: Swinging a pop-up into shallow right field. Hustling in as Gamble dives, and he makes the catch! Holy smokes! What a night for Ben Gamble! A shallow fly ball into right field. And Gamble came racing in at the last second. Parallel with the ground.
3: Made the catch. All right. So that sets things up for three against the Texas Rangers coming up this weekend. The Rangers right now, 12-17 and 17 on the season in last place in the division. They are coming off of a win against the Astros yesterday, 10-4, to 4. They beat Houston. But Texas dealing with all kinds of injury issues. Cole Hamels now is going to be out for several weeks. Adrian Beltre has not returned. They've had all kinds of bullpen issues along the way. And they have some guys in the lineup just not hitting. Odor has really struggled after he was so good last year, especially with the long ball. He's not made able to find the stroke yet this season. So a lot of question marks as Texas comes to town. No question marks on the mound on who the Mariners will see in Game 1 of the series. The M's will face Darvish in Game 1. Giovanni Garardo will face his former team. You Darvish will take the ball for Texas, 3-2 with a 3-0-3 ERA. 7-10 first pitch tonight. And then Saturday, 6-10 first pitch. Chase DeYoung takes his second start. In a Mariners uniform, against Martin Perez, one and four, a four 2 six. He's had an up and down start to the season, and then Sunday, James Paxton, one ten, from Safeco Field, three and zero, with a sparkling one point four three ERA against Andrew Kashner, zero and three, with a two nine five. So the Mariners looking to take advantage of this stretch. It's something we've talked about. That the Mariners have had a very difficult schedule so far this season, not only with the quality of the opponents, but also the amount of road games as well. Coming into this series, they had played the second most road games in baseball behind the Padres. They've played a ton of road games this season, and they've played a ton of good teams, a ton of teams above 500 so far this season. And now the Mariners are entering a stretch where they can take advantage of the schedule. They have three against the Rangers who have struggled, 12 and 17. And then an off day Monday, the homestand comes to an end. They hit the road and they'll take on Philadelphia. They're 12 and 15 on the road for a couple of games. And then on to Toronto for four games. Toronto a little better, but they have really scuffled to start the season 9 and 19 so far this year. They've lost a couple games in a row now. But then uh, back home for a homestand against the A's right now. Oakland 12-16 and 16 on the season. And then the White Sox, one of the surprises in the American League, 15-12. and 12. They're tied with Cleveland on top of the Central and then back out onto the road. But this stretch of schedule, Texas, Philly, Toronto, Oakland, uh, especially in that groove right there. And then the White Sox uh, coming on the heels of that. This is an opportunity for the Mariners to make some noise in the division with the record, trying to climb to 500, and then see where they're at after this stretch. But first things first, looking for a big series against the Texas Rangers starting tonight at Safeco Field. Well, a big part of what the Mariners have done recently, Ben Gammel stepping in for Mitch Haniger, who's been hurt has played really well Shannon Dreher a chance to sit down with the Mariners right fielder
5: Ben, uh, you know another day another ball game you guys put things out of your mind but how do you kind of break down last night you were in a position I was over in the camera well and I saw that ball hit and I'm like I don't know what happens on this what do you see from your end when that's in the air and, and how do you make a decision on what to do
7: um you know so it's stuff you go through pre-pitch you know what to do in what situations and you know I just the angle I took and as hard as I was running it I felt like it was the only play I had on it and uh, you know it's just a hair short so you know I got probably make a better throw at the end of that play but it is what it is
5: and you know we've seen you make catches you are I think an all-out player it's it's you're not you don't worry about the body but you also play smart I mean you there things that you weigh when you get into those situations
7: well you know for me uh, I, I feel like there's a fine line between playing hard and than just being out there running around out of control. And, you know, it's you got to pick and choose your spots. And going back to last night, you know, in theory, if you look at it and you think about it, it probably wasn't the smartest play. But, you know, it was, at the time it felt like it was the only play I had on it.
5: And the good thing is it's early in the season. You've got that in your back pocket, and now you know when you see that again.
7: We got, and that's the thing. we got a lot of time. So
5: That's not one you can practice. So. No, no, not at all. It's not really. I mean, I don't want to see you guys, like, dragging mats out into right field. And... No, not at all. <laughs> What's the best catch you've ever made?
7: Um, You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not not exactly sure. You know, the, the one down the line here was, is definitely up there with him. You know, I had a pretty good one in spring training uh, two years ago. So, you know, there's a couple out there. So, Hey,
5: you are in a position right now on the team where you are batting. You've had the opportunity to bat second quite a bit, and that is a unique and, in this lineup, a good spot. Tell, tell me about the opportunities hitting second.
7: Um, well, you know, there's a lot of protection everywhere, you know, in front of me, behind me. Um, you know, so I – I'm getting good pitches to hit. You know, they're they're coming right after because they don't want to, you know, see guys like Robbie and Nelly and Seager and even Segura for that matter. So, you know, they're just they're coming right after me, and you know, I just got to put together some good at bats.
5: and Some of your good at bats have ended up in walks of all things. You know, you're getting those pitches, but you've also kind of done the wise thing with those guys behind you sometimes too.
7: Well, for me, and you know, is anytime I'm on base, I have a good chance of scoring just with who's coming up behind me. So and. I, I feel like when I'm on first base, I'm in scoring position just with the with the bats that are in this lineup. So anything in the gap, I can score from first base.
5: Do you have any kind of different approach late in the game?
7: Um, well, I do. I probably haven't been doing it. <laughs> <You> know, I, <laughs> Let's I, talk about that. <laughs> I, I like to... I'd like to swing earlier. You know, all these guys they have uh, okay. nasty secondary pitches, so I'd like to get on fastballs early. Okay. And you know, I just haven't haven't been I've been missing them. You know, fouling them off or whatever.
5: But you have been swinging. You've mm-hmm. been within the approach. Just yeah. now. okay. A, a guy that I've really had a lot of fun watching in the late innings is Gerard Dyson. He has that approach to get on base too. What is something that you've seen from him?
7: Oh well, when he's on first base, people pay attention to him. I will say that. Um, you know, I, th- I think it does a lot too, for a hitter standpoint. Him being on first base, because first of all, you know he's he's going to score if you hit a ball in the gap, or you know he's going to go first to third on that soft ground ball or whatever it may be. And you know, just they're worried about him over there, so I think it takes away from what they're trying to do and accomplish on the mound when he's on first base.
5: So you got it in front of you and behind you last night. You had Dyson on, and then you had Cano coming up.
7: <laughs> yeah, sure did. <it> <laughs> Pretty cool experience.
5: How much of that? I mean, it was a four-pitch walk at that point. How much of that do you think was Dyson?
7: Um, I would say a good bit of it. You know, I, I just, you know, he, he was trying to nibble with fastballs, and he was just a tick off, a tick off, and, you know, and then he got to 3-0, and he just kind of sailed one up and out. So I, I definitely think it had something to do with it.
5: Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. We talked to you on the road trip, and you said, you know what, this year is a lot different. And for a lot of guys, just getting that kind of first – taste of being up and being in familiar surroundings and getting familiar with your surroundings and teammates can make a big difference how's that impacted you
7: you know last year was huge for me um like I've said I've said it a million times you know just watching how these guys go about their business and their routine and you know it's an everyday thing there's not a day off and you know I just got to apply that into my my own routine and stuff like that and you know not take anything for granted and you know keep going one day at a time
5: Give me one thing that you've watched from one person in particular that you want to take into your game and into your preparation.
7: Um, you know, there's not really one thing I feel like, but you know, just like talking to Seeger, he's another left-handed hitter, or Robbie, just about you know certain pitchers and certain guys, what they're what they're looking for, and their experiences and stuff like that.
5: Great resources to have around.
3: You're the best, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Man, it was always fun to watch you out there. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me. And here's Rick with Kyle Seager. Chance to sit
6: down and talk about what it's like to play third base. This guy plays third base as well as anybody I've seen in baseball right now, Kyle Seager. Kyle, little kid comes up to you and says, I want to play third base. What's the first thing you tell a young boy, young girl about playing, I think, one of the toughest positions on that field?
8: I mean, I think the first thing you always start out with is, you know, to make sure you're having fun. You know, baseball's a game, so go out there and have as much fun as you can. Um, you know, third base, you just want to, you know, get in a good position, you know, with your, um, you know, kind of keep your head up, but, you know, you really bend your knees and, you know, get your glove down, you know, nice and low because it comes in a little quicker than other positions. So
6: how do you handle that? You played a lot of shortstop in the second base. At third base, you have to react. Uh, you don't have a lot of time over there. What's the what's the best way for you to get to a baseball, a hard hit ball, and then throw it to first?
8: Yeah, I think if you uh, you know you really bend your knees and get in your legs a lot, I think that's probably the most important thing. You know, I think uh, you know when you're when you're coming set at shortstop, like before the pitch is thrown, you can be a little bit taller, because so you know you're gonna have to run a little bit more. But you know, third base is you know really the most you're gonna do is mostly a step and a dive. So you know, kind of kind of get a little lower, you know, get ready, and um, you know, certainly be ready when the ball you know gets in the end zone.
6: You play so well over there at third base. What's the what's the toughest play over there at third base for you?
8: Um, you know, I think kind of like the little slow dribblers, like the the balls that aren't hit very hard that are going towards the line. I think I think those are the hardest, just because the you know your momentum is going to be going the wrong direction. But those are uh, those are probably the hardest plays.
6: What's the most fun play for you to make at third base?
8: The exact same play, yeah. When it, the, the slow dribblers towards the line, I, I, those are those are a lot of fun. They uh, it's something I practice, you know, pretty much every day. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you know, it's it's pretty exciting.
6: You know, it's one thing to catch a ball over there at third base, and that's that's tough to do. And you make it look, um, it's not easy. You make it look easy, but then you have to throw it. I. I Hardly ever see you make an, an inaccurate throw. How do you work on your arm, your position with your feet, to make that throw to Robbie at second base, or to make that throw over to first base?
8: I think you're exactly right. I think it all starts with your feet. I think if you, um, you know, you get your footwork in a good position, get pointed in the right direction, and um, you know, really stay in your legs. I think that's the that's the most important part of it. I think sometimes, well, if you stand upright, then you know the ball kind of go all over the place for you, but. Usually, if you uh, point your feet and your hips in the right direction, and you know, make sure you, you get up on top of the ball, you don't throw it sidearm, then you know you'll you'll be all right. You're
6: an outstanding hitter as well. You take a lot of batting practice. What do you do as a third baseman to get ready before every ball
8: game? Uh, on the defensive side, yeah, you go over all the hitters. You know where you know who's pitching for you. You know, you know you play everybody a little different. So you know, I'll play, you know. Paxton a little different than I'll, you know, play in other lefties. You'll place Felix with me Kuma are different than, you know, each other. So everybody's a little different. You know, the ball's going to come off a little differently. But, you know, go through the lineup, you know, talk to the coaches and kind of figure out where you want to play in each different situation.
6: Back in the old days, we had infield practice, you know, before a ball game. But now you take a lot of ground balls before a ball game. How many ground balls do you take normally to to make yourself feel like you're ready for a ball game?
8: Yeah, you know, it was um, – I'd say probably a normal day is probably 40-50 or so. But, you know, there's some days where, you know, if you're, you know, you're a little bit sore or tired, you maybe take a little less, and there's other days where if, you know, you got to do some work on something or there's a play that's giving you trouble, then maybe you take a little bit more. So, it kind of depends on the day.
6: Growing up, who did you watch as far as uh, playing third base?
8: Ah, uh, well, see, growing up I was a shortstop, so I would have I probably was watching Jeter the most. That was always my favorite player growing up and you know, so pretty much anything he did is what I was trying to do.
6: You're one of the best I've seen over there right now. Who do you watch now over there at third base in this league or maybe in the other league?
8: Yeah, um, you know, for, for me, is kind of the top guy for me. So I, I like watching him. I like, you know, kind of how he does it. He does it a little differently than I do it. He, he, can, he can do some things that I can't. So, you know, we're, we're a little bit different as far as, like, kind of a little footwork stuff. But, you know, he, he's a lot of fun for me to watch.
6: The best advice for a kid: go out there and just have fun at that position or any position, right?
8: Absolutely, you gotta have fun. If you if you don't have fun, then you know it's not worth doing. And
6: Kyle, thanks a lot for joining us here on Rick's Tips, talking about one of the most toughest, one of the most demanding positions on that field. You played so very well. Thanks a lot, buddy.
1: Thank you very much. Now this would be some kind of baseball history if Cameron went deep again back to back. It would be back to back home runs for. Two guys in the lineup twice in the same inning. If Cammie could do it, he had a home run to straightaway center field here in the first inning. Pitch on the way, swinging a drive deep to center field. Holy smokes, he did it! He did it! Mike Cameron, a home run to center field for the second time. Boone and Cammie go back to back, back to back times. Deja vu all over again. Holy smoke, I don't believe it! It's the Mariners 10, the Chicago White Sox nothing, and that has got to be some kind of first in the first inning or any inning in baseball history. Boone and Mike Cameron go back-to-back twice in the same inning. I've never seen that.
0: See you later! Okay, picture this.